When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sure about this? About her and me, I mean. Your confusion is not rational. She's a healthy female of breeding age. I think there's a little more to it than that. My database does not encompass the dynamics of human peer bonding. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this calm podcast. And my name's Rich and I'm the other host of this calm podcast. Think of me as the Terminator to Dave Sarah Connor. He owns every weapon imaginable and I'm an android who will never stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, their worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we'll sometimes drift off and talk about other things, not just movie related, sometimes life in general. And sometimes Plaxton do drop big fat spoilers. So if we mention a film that you haven't seen and you don't want completely ruined, then just pause us, skip along, you know, go write that letter, go reach out to that friend that you haven't spoken to in a while, and then come back and it will all be over. On today's episode, we are joined by Dolly. Dolly is an incredible artist. You may not have heard his name, but you will definitely recognise his work. He has done work, his work has been on the cover of Empire magazine for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, he has done loads of Marvel stuff, um, including most recently the Secret Invasion poster, which you'll also, if you go onto go onto Disney Plus, it's the thing that pops up on Disney Plus, the brilliantly animated thing on there. Yeah, because we're very excited to sit down with Dolly and chat all things sequels with him. These are Dolly's unequal sequels. Enjoy. <laughs> Do you remember the first sequel you got excited about? I'm trying to think back to a point where I knew it was a sequel. Okay. Sometimes I've seen stuff out of order. Um, mm. So I'm trying to think yeah. what was like the big sequels like, oh, great, we're getting a part two. I'm going to say it probably is like actually really excited was probably Terminator 2. Okay. It, it, was, it was like sequels weren't a, were a big thing. I think there were certain things that had kind of like, okay, oh, there's another, there's another part in the story. Like I remember Indiana Jones, I watched Temple. Of Doom way before I watch any of the others. So that was the, that was my that was my first Indiana Jones. And I thought that was the first film until later on. Yeah. Watching Brilliant. and everything else. So and it was it was one of those things because it never had a number two on it, you wouldn't know. 
No. And when you're a little kid, you only know what you see. So Terminator, from that point of view, was really a big one because, hey, it's got the number two there as well. <laughs> I know there's, there's, other, there's probably other stuff, but I remember being so excited about this. Like you'd any snippet of information you can get about it yeah. um, just to be a bit close to that film. Actually, the other one I would have to say is Back to the Future, actually. Kind of like Back to the Future is the other one that was like, I remember queuing up with my brother at the cinema for that one. Right. Um, I don't watch the first one at the cinema, but the second one we did and you we queued up. There was no like pre-booking of tickets or any of that fun stuff. So it was like, okay, we're in line for this. And the queue like feels like it was like a mile long. Probably wasn't, yeah. but it felt like that. And it was <laughs> it might have been. You never know. It could have been. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, that was probably the first. Yeah, definitely. That was probably the, just thinking time, timeline wise, that was probably the first big sequel. Like we're getting a sequel. We, we mm. loved the first one now. We're getting another part in this. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I forgot that you couldn't used to be like to pre-book your tickets and you actually had to go to the kiosk and, and wait for it to open. Yeah. And just hope they had like, <laughs> oh, we haven't missed it. Yeah. It's that whole thing because like, you know, I guess in terms of cinemas weren't as big as they were. At least they didn't have that many screens on opening and so forth. No. Yeah. So I remember mine was like Kings in West Bromwich, which only had three screens and three screens seemed like amazing at that point. So yeah, I remember for that. So that was a really big one because you got all the teasers and so forth as well. And then the way they ended that film as well is like, we cut the teaser for the third film. And that was like yeah. one of those first, like we get it now, we're used to that with the MCU and everything else. Yeah. Of getting a teaser. But back then it's like, oh, there's another film? And they've shot like, you've actually seen it already. So yeah, that was amazing. It used to be that cinemas always felt full. You know, you get... It's the, quite often we go to the cinema now and there's only like five five other people in there but i swear when i was a kid the cinema was always full like and if you were at the back of the queue you had to sit right by the screen like yeah. you got the bad seats right at the front <laughs> like, yeah yeah i'm trying to think about like those early ex- cinema experience yeah you're right I, I never remember actually like walking into a cinema and think oh wow i've got the whole cinema to myself yeah that sort of thing or like and to be honest sitting anywhere wasn't like it wasn't so much of an issue. Like now it's like whenever I book a ticket center center, you know, you, you yeah, yeah. have a perfect experience. But then it's like, it wasn't a thing. It's like wherever you're sitting, you felt I'm in the cinema and this is, this is what it is. Let's just find find a reasonable seat. It was magic, wasn't it? I remember very much like you queuing for, um, don't laugh, I was much younger, The Little Mermaid, like when that okay. first came out in Disney. And we weren't lucky. We had to, we got to the front of the queue and they, they sold out. So we had to go home, and I was—I remember being absolutely heartbroken about it. I was like, because like you, you're in a queue, aren't you? And it's kind of yeah. builds it up. You're really looking forward to it, especially when you're young. You don't really understand that no is an option sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah. I had to wait uh, yeah, that week been to see Sebastian sing and, <laughs> and Ariel and, and stuff. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I've, I've not had that experience. I mean, I've had experiences like recently of like trying to book a ticket and it's like, okay, all the good seats are gone. I'm not going to get a bad seat. Let's go for the next day. Yeah. But I've never been to that point where I'm outside of the cinema and it's like, and there's no tickets. Mm. So yeah, that must've been like, and you've got to make the whole trip home so dejected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was one How of my early, I was very young as well. It was one of my earliest memories. It was in, You must be gutted, mate. It was in Harlow. <laughs> it was in Harlow. It was in the the little Odeon. Again, it was the only one around for miles. We didn't have any other cinemas at that point, so it was always a trek and a and a mission. Is that and I might have been one of that time when we had intermissions. You remember intermissions, don't you, Rich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People think we're going nuts now when they think that they used to like turn on the lights and bring out ice cream and stuff in the middle of the film. That was great. 
I think it's bring intermissions back. <laughs> they should definitely like. There's some films that definitely warranty. I know like longer ones that it'd be perfect for, but they should like make make the most of it. Like make that part of the experience as well because it's for a couple of like screenings that I've gone to. It's been great because the people have been dressed up. Yeah. So you, it doesn't fully take you out of the experience because you feel like you're in the world and some of the stuff that they they're selling is of that world that you're you've just been watching. So if they can do a bit oh, of that, cool. keep yeah. that magic going. I think yeah, war- bring it, bring that experience of going to the cinema back, make it special again. Because you know everyone's talking about like cinema, cinemas, you know, people are going less and less. Yeah, um, and people are only going for the big box office hits. But like cinemas is a magical experience. But you want you got to make it ex- um, affordable, but yeah. got to make it actually an experience again for people. I don't know if I've made this up, but I swear mm. when I was younger and you went to the cinema. You used to get like instead of like loads of adverts that you get now, you'd get like one still advert for like the local cab firm or something, and you then did, yeah. you'd get a cartoon like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, and before the trailers, and then you get the trailers and then the movie. I don't like, remember the cartoon, but I swear else. that. But then again, I used to go to like really old movies with my gran when I was like six, so she'd take me to like The Third Man and stuff like that, and the. the <laughs> Casablanca and things like that when I was like six or seven years old. So maybe it was an old movie thing. <laughs> yeah. I have to say with the intermission thing, I remember I went to a version of The Hateful Eight and they put an intermission in it because it is like three and a half hours long. But if being the devil's advocate, if it's a bad film, would yeah. you be tempted to go home in the middle of it? You'd be like, I'm not returning for the second half. <laughs> if it was, if yeah. I mean, I've watched bad films at home. <laughs> and I turn stuff off, you know. It's like, okay, this doesn't warrant my time. So if that was, I was at the cinema, it's like, this is really bad. Then, yeah, possibly that could happen. Like, given the choice, I guess, of not interrupting anyone's viewing experience, yeah, it's a possibility for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And it's kind of you kind of want to have that story as well to tell someone. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I walked out of that film. It was that bad. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. I think the, the cinema would be like, well, you can't have your money back. That would be the yeah, yeah. I don't know. People keep saying like. Like I hear people saying, like you could actually get your money back on films. Like there's there's a there's a period of time into the film. It's like if you walk out, you can get your money back. I've not tried it. The Odeon near us told me that if you leave in the first half an hour, they'll give you your money back. Wow. And they said it normally happens in horror movies where people aren't expecting them to be this, this, quite so bad as they are. And yeah, people <laughs> often leave a bit distressed and they just give them their money back. Right. That explains I think it's fair. Yeah. yeah, I learned that because I have an autistic eight year old and he often doesn't make it. You know, we'll buy. We bought tickets, and we'll make it to the trailers, and he'll be like, "No, this is too much. I've got to go." So we've we've had refunds and stuff. So back to the future too. Let's get back on course. We'll, we'll do this. <laughs> Did you love it? Is it? Oh yeah, it was the best thing ever. I remember, like, after watching one, and I can't remember when I watched one because watch one so religiously. Yeah, but two was like. Even now, it's like still amazing. Like the future is like the past for us now, you know, time time, time wise. But it's like, it was so many like magical things in that film that they did. And just hit it like from having, you know, Jaws 31 or whatever it was, all the Pepsi bottles, all those little things that we thought that's what the future is going to be like. (laughs) um, It was just, and it felt like in a good way, the longest film. You know what I mean? It felt like. I, I just, just want more and more of this. They went into the future, then they went back, you know, into the past and everything. It's like, how can you make something so compelling and engaging? And I just wanted more and more of it. So what is your favourite ever sequel? I've gone with Terminator 2. Great show. Great pick. 
you said earlier that it's it was probably your first sequel that you remember watching. What at what age were you? Let's see, I was in high school and I was probably around I want to say about twelve or so. Twelve or thirteen probably max. Right. I remember watching that one. Like VHS and everything else. Too young to watch yeah. it at the cinema. Obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so had to wait till it came out on VHS. And I remember going to like the, the corner store that was near us and being persistent. Like, <laughs> when are you getting it? Every day. <sighs> My brother was like, go and have a look if it's there yet. Go and have a look here. I said, oh, it's coming next week. It's coming up. And then of the day of it's coming, it's like, is it here? We're like coming straight after school. Not yet. We'll come back in two hours. Came back in two hours. I was like, here it is. And I said, like, And I just like ran home with it. I was like holding it in my hand going, I've got yeah. it. I've got it. It's been like yeah, fresh. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, yeah. Like... <laughs> it felt warm in my hand as well. They just rewound it sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, that was that was an experience, and I think we watched it, watched it then, and I think we watched it again when my parents came home. Brilliant. Yeah, that 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 film was like I can't explain how like because it it builds so much upon the first film. They're two very different mm. films. Yeah, the first one for me is very much a horror film. Yeah, and I watched that a lot younger than I should have, to be honest. Didn't we all? <laughs> it seems yeah. considering I watched yeah. like the other one around twelve thirteen. So, but. It, it built upon the legacy of that one, but it made a totally different film. It stands alone as a film. It doesn't need to be watched with the first one. Um, mm. And that's probably one of the great things about it. As like, I've probably watched that more than I have the first film, even though the first one's first film's amazing too. I think I definitely watched Terminator 2 before I'd seen Terminator. And again, far too young to have watched it. I remember like yes. sitting down as a family to watch it. You know, like we all like... <laughs> Me and my mum and my brother are watching it as a family. Like, there's a bit where yeah. there's a horrific nuclear explosion and everyone's turned into a skeleton. Yes. Like, I'm like, what? Why would we allowed to watch that? Yeah, and then there's like the um, some of the scenes with the T1000. It's like you know the milk carton scene and stuff like that. Horrific, yeah. like amazingly done. But when you think about it, that's actually quite horrific mm. in the way that you had this death. And then we we thought nothing of it in those no. days. I think it wasn't gratuitous, gratuitously done. Yeah, it wasn't like here's gore, here's over, you know, over exaggeration of blood or anything else. It's like it just felt really real. It also yeah. felt really fucking cool. Like yes, Arnie yeah. at that point, it's just his definition of cool, wasn't it? When he put the glasses on and the way he there was a shotgun, the but shotgun, everyone the did bike, that, even with sticks. Like the, the look that they gave him compared to the first, totally different once again. Yeah, and like it was. Not that I'm like big on having like effects for the effects, but it's like the, the the effects just held up so well for what you were trying to sell to us. Yeah. And it was just like, wow. You know, like the T-1000, just the metal effects there. And then just the way they did everything with Arnie, the makeup that they had in that film was, was amazing. Uh, and once again, it's one of those stories. I just didn't want it to end. I felt so compassionate to to these characters. Even at the end, where we, you know, it's like, oh, they move from one, the, the, you know, the action scenes move from the street and then into the factory and into the foundry, and then we, that's like set in two parts because you think you've got him, you've got him, we're like, you, you froze him. Oh, great, this is it, but no, he's come back together and he comes, keeps coming back, which is like, yeah, that's what the Terminator does. You can't stop him. Yeah, amazing film. I was like, I, I, I watched. I think when I watched it recently. Good. I was like, I've got to watch it again. It's like with this, with this, with the podcasting mind, it's like, okay, I need to watch what I'm talking about again. Yeah. Thank um, you. So that, that, that was like, just so it's fresh in my mind. But I also read the book. That's how much I like. I, lo I love the film is at school for some reason or another, I won an award of some sorts. Right. And it's like, here's some like book vouchers to WH Smith's. So <laughs> I, I can't remember. I don't I have no idea what it's for. 
but it could have just been my attendance. For it. <laughs> Whereas, like, we're going to take these group of these kids to WH Smith's in town, pick up some books. So I remember the books I picked up, I picked up Terminator 2, I picked up um, Goodfellas, and I picked up Red Wolf. Nice. Right? So, so, so you can tell from that young age, I was like, films films and TV was everything. So I read I read, I read, read the novelization of, of Terminator 2, and it's like, there was even more in that than we got to watch in the film. And then later on in like the director's cut or so forth, some of those scenes are actually in it from the book. And it's like, they have so much extra with, you know, with, with the different Terminators and Miles Benedison and stuff. Like, and they really, you know, hammered those themes home about, you know, that you can have a second chance, you know, and humanity is not just about because you're human and things like that. It's like mm. those key like linchpins of the film that take you through. It's like, it was just amazing to just read it. And then because I'd already watched the film, I could picture everything. Yeah, I know exactly how everything looks and so forth. So yeah, I read the book a couple of times as well. Oh, amazing! At what age did you first cry to the ending? Because every man now has cried to the <laughs> thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah. There's. I think the first time I watched it, it was like I was overwhelmed in a sense because from from being so scared of Arnie in the first film to like him being like, oh, that's the father figure. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? And then in this, you know. This this family setup of the mom, the son, and he's the father, and he's having to having to leave the family at the end of it, but he's put him on a good course. I was just like so emotional. Yeah, definitely. Like the first few times I watched it, I was definitely emotional over it. And even now, I think thinking back to me as a kid watching it, it it naturally you start like welling up a bit. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it still like it still stands up today. Um, that film does. And some of the some of the effects in it are just incredible. Like. The truck scene, you know the 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 helicopter scene. The helicopter gets me every time. Wow, like going it's... under the bridge like that and getting that close to that vehicle, which they actually did in camera, which is just insane because James Cameron's just a madman. Uh, uh, <laughs> apparently, I was speaking to a friend of mine. It's like Cameron's one of those directors. He's never had a dud. No, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. In the like, I, we can argue points on certain films. But <laughs> he's not. He's probably not had a dud in comparison. Like some directors, like oh, there's very much highs and lows. Yeah, um, he's probably been the most consistent. I think from the films that I know him for, you know, in a sense, maybe his very early career before, you know. Well, Terminator was his first proper film because he did mm. Piranha, right. but he got sacked off Piranha like two weeks in. They got rid of him pretty quickly, and then okay. Terminator, Terminator Two. You're right. The Abyss is a great film. True Lies. Yeah, uh, Titanic's got, um, quite Titanic, good. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure he's, he's had a They make a lot yeah. of money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From that point of view. So it's like from a consistent point of view, it's like even the Avatar films is like uh, they might have not set like set the world on fire from a narrative point of view, but they're like solid films in what they're trying to try to execute, I think. Oh, and they make a hell of a lot of money. And he's always trying to take a step forward, isn't he? Always trying to move yeah. technology. And I think he was he was trying to do that with um with Terminator because it's just it, they raced it 3D a few years ago and I went and saw it in the IMAX. It was just wow. it was brilliant. I wish I'd done it. Yeah, it was it was incredible. The music still absolutely blanks out. Bom, yes. bom, bom, yeah. bom, the score. Yeah, like you put that on at any time, and then it's chills again. Yeah, and yeah. Having having an amazing score to go along with it is the other part. Like that. Yeah, you you don't you just instantly recognize that score. That's all they had when they announced Terminator Two. They didn't have a script. They had no idea, and all they had was the that music with the symbol, wasn't it? Like T two. Mm. And it was like, yeah. and you're like, well, I'm geared up for that now. Yeah, that early teaser of 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 that once began before they shot really anything proper of the film was that like like conveyor belt scene. Yeah, and it's just like we're making our, our loads of Arnie's. That's all we had, <laughs> and that one, was yeah. the teaser. Yeah, 
and it's like before like nowadays when you when you see a trailer you get to see half the film um, which yeah but like actually shooting something specific for our, our teaser trailer you know what i mean that's like when you've got vision and you can you know put that together and that was like wow we're getting this yeah. arnie's back and yeah at that point we didn't even know if he was like is he a bad guy again you know what I mean? we knew so little of the film it's like oh god he's back and it's only later on like before release okay we're getting snippets of the story you know this like you know barry norman giving us reviews on the tv barry and so norman, yeah <laughs> yeah then you got then you got a bit you got to know a bit whether that would have been a spoiler or not i'm not sure like i'm trying to think back i knew with i knew watching the film he was the good guy but i i'm just wondering how it would have been going in blind to that yeah it must have been that reveal being incredible because yeah. back then the only time you really saw trailers were going to the cinema yeah. or like you said barry norman or something like that there's no internet there's no one no. just showing you it on the got one, like beginning of a vhs yeah um, in a sense you might you usually you're like here's like two or three and you'd end up watching those again and again if it was something you really liked but that's that's the only place you would catch stuff isn't it yeah. yes and then you'd get this, you'd have this post out if you see a poster in the foyer of, of the cinema you'd hold on to that in your head it's like okay that's the little snippet yeah. or nugget i'm gonna get posters were a big deal I they were a big deal when i was younger i should just choose them choose the movie to watch by the poster you know that yeah. was the whole the whole point and you know the whole and also the vi- choose the video to rent just by the cover you yeah. know you just kind of it's so important yeah we get that we get the slogan it's not often we'd even look if there's a blurb in the back you know in the back cover or anything else yeah. like this looks cool I'm going to rent it. Yeah, there's there's so many like B movies I watch because the art was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll just watch this. I'm looking at the yeah. Terminator 2 poster now, and Schwarzenegger is bigger than the actual title of the film. It's his, <laughs> his name is massive on it, and it's just iconic him like in the black and the black leather and black glasses and the and the shotgun. And I'm like, you will. And then the sl- the slogan is it's nothing personal. Okay. It, it I don't remember that slogan. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't remember that one. I it's the one on IMDb. I'm looking at it at the moment. Coming, yeah, yeah. coming this summer. When you rented films back then, was it 24 hours or 48 hours? It was 24, I believe. I think we had to have it, especially something like that. It was like it wasn't like we, it was. A, I was getting it from a blockbuster or anything. Yeah, it's like yeah. have it back the next day. So after school the next day, we were handing it back. Saying that we had two VHS recorders at home. So yes, did you we, copy them? Did I say anymore? <laughs> we watched that again multiple times. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Amazing. All my friends at school was like, "Have you got? You've got it. Can you? Can you lend oh, it us?" You... And it was basically rented out to my. Did you sell copies <laughs> of it. Brilliant. Oh, well, I mean, that's pirated. <laughs> no, no, we didn't go that far. Like there were people asking and stuff. Could you give us copies and stuff? But I did. Like, hey, you can have it for a quid. Um, so yeah, made a couple of quid back. Like I, I'm getting the like the cost back for all. Some people said, "If I give you a VHS, can you copy?" Some people did say, "Could you copy it for us?" And if you were actually a friend, friend, then that was fine. A friend, yeah. friend. So yeah. I, then I you end up with like copies of copies of copies. <laughs> yeah. So like the quality, like the, the whatever the sixth person got, probably wasn't as good. All blue um, and wibbly. Held on to that for dear life. Here's the master in a sense. But I think I've bought it like several times since then. So I was like, okay, I've given my money back. Yeah. Yeah, you've given it back. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever had the opportunity? I don't know. Did you ever go to America or Florida and watch the T two three D? Battle across time. I've not seen. I've saw like the making of because that was like once again trying to get another little yeah more to that story. I've seen that, but I've not seen it myself. My brother, I believe, has seen it because he for a little while studied in the states. Okay. I'm sure he got to see it somewhere, um, or at least talked about it like he did. But no, I've seen bits of it, 
and I might have seen like a video of it in a sense like here's like more, someone shot it so you kind of yeah. see it like as, as it should have been but I've seen parts of it and that looked once again that looked amazing but once again it was done by Cameron as well so they were all back for it yeah I, I got yes. I got to see it and I at a point in my life I don't think I really appreciated what I was watching to be honest I, at that point I definitely hadn't seen Terminator 1 but I had seen Terminator 2 and I all I could think was like Edward Furlong looked so much older he looked like a proper man right um, yes <laughs> even in this film like Terminator 2 you can see him growing up because they took yeah. so long they took so long <laughs> yeah. to, to, to film it yeah. it's um like even like having that 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 war between cinema and real life just like the way you know the bike comes in and they, have, they built these ramps and they got some of like the older like Terminator models in the foyer and stuff yeah like yeah that. it was really cool um, and then they had like free water over you as well when things were exploding and yeah, stuff. And... Like the first 4D sort of experience, I guess. And just I remember there was like a big like spider sort of thing. That was one of the things that they were fighting. And it just, I think it kind of like is that 3D experience like, oh, it's poking you in the Yeah, eye. yeah. Done well from that point of view. I remember this. I think if you've got, I've got a DVD of Terminator 2, they have the making of on that, like on the extras when films had extras. It looks, it looks great. And it, it was like, 24 million to make or something which for like 12 minutes is insane yeah <laughs> it's probably one of those like this is the most expensive bit of film made just for like i think it is think, yeah, yeah yeah making it one of the most expensive films per minute in the world yeah i can believe that i can i can but that, that sounds very that for so long you know what i mean it's one of those things that was constantly on in whatever theme park that it was running yeah, yeah i think orlando universal i can't remember studios studios something like that were you a big Schwarzenegger fan back in the day then? Was he the main attraction at this point? Yeah, because, well, yeah, in the first film, I don't think anyone, hardly hardly anyone knew who he was. No. Uh, but by the time, yeah, by the time Terminator came out, everyone knew who Arnie was. I even watched, like, his early stuff, which was, like, Hercules in New York. It's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, it's rubbish. But back in the day, it's oh. like, oh, I got to watch a bit of Arnie. And it's like, I'll forgo, like, the bad dubbing and everything else. Yeah. I was like, really interesting like greek myth and, and stuff back in the day so i was like okay it's bad but it's good bad i had the poster yeah. of my, on my wall uh of hercules in new york i <laughs> i mean i had the luxury of like my parents had 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 a shop when we were younger in days and like we had two racks of videos right because of that we used to get all the film posters to go along with it oh my so god my, oh, yeah, my bedroom wall as as a kid like saying eight seven eight nine and stuff like that was covered in movie posters and like for the, all the films that like from um, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Peace Academy, The Hills Have Eyes, stuff that I wasn't allowed to watch either. So I used to make up the stories myself. Um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. But I remember there was this massive poster of Hercules in New York. So it was just like Arnie and like a cityscape be- below his waist and some right. lightning and stuff. But it was like cool, you know. And I used to just like, you know, look at the posters like an inch away from just looking and how they were, a lot of them they were, they were illustrated, just looking how they were drawn back in the day. So. That was my that was my walls, you know. And luckily, my brothers had good taste, so they'd like have all these great films. But we'd swap posters out quite regularly. There's some that some that always like stood the test of time; they would stay there. Mm. But the other ones, okay, we'll swap those out as a, as a new film comes out. Which one stuck around? Brilliant. Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember, like in my head, I know where those walls were. I know you're pointing, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pointing because I I know it. Um, and then on on that we we had a massive one of splash that was there for ages i wonder why oh, yeah. yeah 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 that was there <laughs> what else was like stood the test of time is is mainly like the drew it turns out to be like the drew struzan ones they, they stood up the longest because it's like the films are like you know 
the first police academy we laughed so much at that so we kept that up for so long and then it only got replaced actually with like another uh, police academy oh, so good. i remember when police academy three poster replaced like police academy one um so yeah, yeah there, there was certain ones that just stayed there because we loved the film so much so why would you take those down exactly do you still have them or have they I gone have, that's one thing i wish i had I bet. like they were huge like in some cases there they were like the uk quads yeah uh, and there was like yeah i wish we kept them but back then it's like we didn't know the value of these no, things. Yeah. house anyway it was like we're not taking posters with, with this stuff off so they probably end up going in the bin which like i try not to think about because it, it hurts yeah about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah having a lot of these like original release posters like yeah they'd be worth so a lot of money cheap. now i just think i hope they went to a good place yeah because i i when we moved house from there i was probably i just started high school so i would have been 11 so it wasn't like i was in control of the move by any means Damn it. Um, no. so i just went along with with the boxes so I, i'm not sure what happened to them they probably did go in the bin um but i hope they went to a good place as well yeah that's how i want to keep it in my head i'm so surprised you had freddy krueger on your wall that i, I love it yeah, I watched that when I was probably around nine or ten. Whoa! Which I have. Like, <laughs> that's one film. Even now, it's like, or not, not so much now, but definitely during my twenties and even thirties, like it still has an effect on me having watched it. Yeah. And that, that's such a younger. I was so scared. Like my brother, is my my brother had it on. I walked into the living room, but like, probably five or ten minutes into the film, if that. And then I just sat down and I watched it because it was on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after we were done. He just walked out the room and said, hey, rewind it and take it back downstairs. I was too scared to go to the VHS player to like press, st- you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. The tape's going to get me. It was that sort of thing. So it took me a while to like, I ran, like, kind of like creeped up to it, pressed stop, ran back, went back again, pressed rewind, and it like three steps back until it was done. Is that scary? So yeah, definitely don't watch like horror films, especially horror films that are that good before you 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 can actually you know take that sort of material yeah on. definitely yeah it's it's always those kind of ones that you watch when you're too young to watch that stick in your mind though aren't they like yeah not yeah. even horror films like i the, like wrath of khan the the uh, star trek movie they put like they put like bugs in their ears yes and like, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah still still thinking about that now gives yeah, you, me like you, goosebumps yeah yeah like when 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 spock died as well yeah. it's like my God, that that had me at tears the first time I watched it because I think everyone has their favorite characters. And I watched I watched Star Trek when I was a kid in sense the TV show and everything else. And then the movies were an extension of that. Yeah. Whereas like Spock, Spock was everyone's favorite. Or, you know, I'm guessing the other people were Team Kirk or they were Team Spock, depending on where you were. But like <laughs> Spock dying was a major thing. I bet. Mm, but yeah. then they brought him back. They brought him back. Him back yeah. uh, but like, at the yes. point, did you think he was dead? Because I wasn't. At that point, him. yeah, I thought he was dead. Oh, I didn't okay. think like he's because they had, they had the whole funeral and everything else, and they you know shot him off shot into him space. Out. Yeah, I thought he was dead, dead. <laughs> Once again, dead, you dead. weren't so you weren't so used to having sequels and everything else, and like you know, oh, it's a character, he'll come back. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's dead. Yeah, and that could have in my head is like that could have been the last film as well. Yeah, true. Um, you know, you don't know you're going to get this. You know, half a dozen plus of the series but it, it meant, i think things like things like that meant something back then because you're you're quite naive to like what cinema and film is doing yeah whereas now you know the formats of what what, what they're going to bring i mean cinema and films when you're young is just i think it's magic and you watch so many good films like you had a little video video library downstairs which i'm yes. quite <laughs> quite jealous of 
Yeah, I'm incredibly jealous. I would have given anything to live like in a video shop. Yeah. <laughs> my brothers say to me, like, to me, like, I tell the story, I was like, to me, it was like a video shop. But my brothers, who are a lot older than me, they say, it was two racks. I go, I was seven or eight. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. everything. Yeah, that was everything. Those two spinny racks that like twirl around. That was like the mass, you know, such a huge library for me. Um, so I still remember it being this massive thing. Was you, were your parents quite liberal about what you could and couldn't watch? Is that how you ended up watching the Terminators so early? Yeah, I think yeah, being the youngest of like three three sons. Um, so my brothers kind of had that like whether it's babysitting or whatever, but there's like whatever they put on, yeah. I would watch, and they would probably trust them more. So it's like, oh, of course they're not going to put anything weird on. I think the only <laughs> thing that they had they they were very stern at. There's not like nudity and stuff like that mm. that was the thing that they, they there was no like okay can i watch this there's a bit you know there wasn't any of that but violence and so forth they didn't have a big issue with um which is like oh yeah it, it's a strange like you know okay we draw the line at boobs or ass but yeah um but not yeah bloodshed so yeah yeah that's, that's oh. fine uh let's try and draw it back to terminator 2 what is your favorite scene in terminator 2 what makes it your favorite sequel ever i think it's probably the scene it always stands out to me. It's it's the bit where the T two T one thousand freezes up, mm. and he's there breaking apart, and then he finds he's rigid, um, and you and it feels like that's going to be the end of the film. Mm. Then he breaks apart, and I'm like like edge of my seat, you know, and it's like oh, there's more, and he's still coming back where you thought you've done everything you possibly could. Arnie's, you know, broken up. He's fallen off the edge of the, the, the truck and everything else. And I was like, this would be such a happy ending because, okay, he's broken up a bit, but he's alive. And then we, we thought, but no, there's more yet. And he's got to give so much more. It's like, you can't write, you know, you write the stuff, but it's like, so edge of your seat stuff. That really makes it for me as a film. It's just like, you thought you you were getting this happy ending, yeah. but no, we're giving you more. And then the way, what it delivers after that, and it just takes it up another level. Um, you know, the, the scene where he's got like the like the rocket launcher and he's just, and um, Linda Hamil- Hamilton just shooting She's it into so him. so good in this, by the way. So good. And he's just like, you know, reacting to that and the effects of that bit, you know what I mean? Like when he's like half ripped apart. And his sound and he's, effects, his noise. Yeah. yeah. It's like this trombone or something and he's just squeaking everything else. What they gave you after that was so much, you know, levels higher. That it's like, wow. I, could, I didn't think there was another level to take it to, and but you've you've taken it even higher than that. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it for me as being like the the sort of like sequel for me. Where it's like when you when you ask me what's your sequel, and I was like, there's not many that really. I mean, if you go to a list of like you know sequels that top the original, there's a few out there like Godfather and so forth. But I didn't watch Godfather till so long later on in life when mm. it didn't. It's much they're great films, but this meant so much more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as a, as a bad guy to the T one thousand or Robert Patrick, you, he's so important to this film because I think if they if Schwarzenegger as a good guy didn't have yeah. a quality bad guy that he'd been in the first film, I think this film would be a mess. Well, not a mess, but it wouldn't hit where no. it where it hits and be as good as it should be. I think Robert Patrick should get a lot of credit. He definitely should. I think it's like a lot of films of this nature are built upon the bad guy. If you can get a like a solid bad guy that you you hate or in this case are, are really scared of yeah and that's what makes the film real so what has been the most disappointing sequel so it doesn't have to be a bad sequel but it's the one that's let you down the most um rocky five great shout that is a good that shout. is a good shout yeah. Yeah. rocky five was one where i was like wow i'm coming from four <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. yeah that, I think that's the, it's it's the greater fall as well because of that. And then we got this like made for TV movie. Mm. Uh, and it's like, what have you done to the character? Like you just, it's like, you can tell it was like bad writing. Like you wanted to get to a certain place and then you stronger, stronger, longer story just to get there. Oh, you're, yeah. you know, you know, power of attorney and your lawyer or your accountants like robbed everything from you. It's like, <laughs> it was ways around. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a very, you know, thin story. And this yeah. is where it took it. Did you add anything more to that character? Did he, was there, you know, a valuable lesson or anything story to be told there? No, it was just a way of cashing in, I think, on the character. Absolutely. I'm glad they've had films since then, which have like raised the character back up again yes. and and sly's got a chance to like act that role that he had in the first definitely in the first two films that he really acted in so i'm glad of that but yeah five was really bad it was just like it was a product of its time you if you look at the soundtrack and just the decisions they made it very much was like this is what is cool in 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 you know culture these days we're going to make a film a, a modern rocky film I think yeah going- the problem with five is that like you said is that that, that- Rocky's had all this character growth from like from one to four when he's yeah. got like better and better and better as a person and not just a boxer but as a person yes. and then five it's just like oh we're gonna forget all that like he's not had any yeah. of that growth he's gonna slide back into his old kind of his old brawler in the streets kind of way who's not very clever like you know and it's it's basically four he's like a proper businessman and knows what he's doing and you know just exactly. don't, yeah, don't yeah, buy yeah. it <laughs> there's no way like he could have just got a endorsement no you know? yeah or, exactly just to keep it <laughs> yeah something like even like commentating they must have had like dreams of like, having rocky like balbar as a commentator it's yeah, it's because a... he's just come back from it was actually set directly after the fight yeah, yeah was, straight after like, four yeah like, you've just come back from like the biggest fight in the world and even if you didn't make any money off the purse of that one you, you're the biggest thing in the world right now. And yeah. even if you've got nothing in the bank or you're in debt, you could sign 50 deals very quickly and recoup all that money. But yeah, like, yeah, they showed it like the first few films, it was very much like you're getting better as a boxer, but you're getting as a person, you're learning to read all these yeah, sort of yeah. things, like spending, becoming a very suave person. Like you see him how he is in three and they did away with that. They like erased those, those yeah. little films and they, hey, you're the same person that you were in, in, in the first film. Yeah, it's really absolutely. weird, isn't it? It's really uh, weird, Rocky Five. It's a really, st- it's a really stupid storyline as well because it's like Rocky can't solve his problems in the ring because he's not allowed to fight anymore. So he's going to have a fight in the street instead. Like, how's that better? How's that like? I don't yeah, get it. And <laughs> and how do, how does it? He just punches harder than the other guy. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> there's, like, there's there's got to be a like. I understand they're they're boxing movies, so generally has to end in a fight. Yeah, that's the problem, but really. That is, a, I guess, an issue. But it's then it's the reasoning why you have why you should you know why it needs to be a fight and nothing else. Mm. Um, and it, if it, if it was a case of getting your family back on the street, that's the you know they, they, that would have probably been a better angle rather yeah. than hey you know Tommy's had this um, Don King fellow like fill his ears and everything else and everything else that came out of it. It's just like you you made a really good film and then you made a really bad film. That's that just that hurts even more. Yeah. So you might were you a big fan of Rocky Four at the time? Was that what? Yeah. What, what era yeah. and age are we talking about here? Just so. I... When did that come out? Do we know roughly? I can tell you. That was what, that Rocky, must mean Rocky Four or Rocky Five. So Rocky Four. Think, so four Rocky Five. Four. So Rocky Four was eighty five. Okay. And then Five must have been. Was Five like eighty nine? 
Well, I think um, it'd be the same year, uh, year after. Hang on. 90. Rocky Five was 90. 90s. Okay, so when Rocky, what, what, yeah, when Rocky Five came out, I was in high school. Um, That's a five year difference. Went, I never really realized that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For Rocky Five, I was in junior school. So this was back in the, yeah, back. For Rocky Four, that's when I probably had a post. I did. We did have a poster on our wall. Oh. Um, and for the uh, yeah, about, by the time I've got to like high school proper, then it's like we we sold the shop and everything else. So no more posters after that point. Damn it. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a difference. So yeah, they, they just they weren't the same films. And yeah, and even at that age, I like I was fairly queued up about films in a sense. My like I used to watch films with the whole family, and I was like I used to be with the one like oh this is going to happen next. This is going to happen next, and. It, you know, it happens and my dad was like, you're going to become a director one day just because I always just like guess what the plot would be. So clued up from that point of view. But yeah, I just like this. This is not a great film. There was fair enough. There's stuff that you want to enjoy because you just want to enjoy yeah. the film. And you're a kid and you had no stakes in it, but you knew it was ne- nowhere near the previous experience you had. It was like, I would watch even at that point, if we would go back and watch the other films. I would watch that one less and less. Yeah. Mm. I, t- I skip that one now. Five. Oh yeah. It doesn't exist. Like if if I was doing a run of it, like I, I was rewatching some of them with my son, and I was like, we can miss five out. Yeah. <laughs> it really makes no difference to the story. I'll just fill you in. That's what, what exactly what I did with my wife. We watched one, two, three, four, <laughs> and then I skipped through points. I was like, Well, you've yeah. got to remember this because sadly in six he is poor and blah blah blah. Yeah. So he loses his money, blah blah blah. This happens, blah blah blah. The kid, you need to remember the kid. The poorly mm-hmm. and then then we go to six and this is good yeah. it's it's five and then it's balboa isn't it yeah, Rocky yeah. Balboa. and that's actually a decent film for what it's worth yeah. what it's worth there's there's a stronger message going on there um so yeah watch that one and then you know we've got creed after that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can very easily forget that film exists i don't think it does anything it's just like hey for some reason rocky's lost everything and uh yeah yeah that's all you need that's, to know that's what it is. what is your worst ever sequel and this is good this is a it good choice. Terminator 3. <laughs> See, I was trying to skirt around earlier. I was like, we can't talk about the sequels yet. We can't talk about the sequels of Terminator yeah. 2 yet. Now we can fucking talk about the sequels of the Terminator. Yeah, we could, we could. And the thing is, right, you guys owe me three ninety nine because I watched it again today. It's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's on it's Netflix. Netflix. You could have watched it for nothing. <laughs> okay, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay, I watched it. Okay, you don't have to give me $3.99. <laughs> I watched it. I, I, I watched it. Today, just thought, okay, I know like Terminator 2 like the back of my hand in comparison, but three, I've only properly watched it once. Once was at the cinema. Yeah, that's enough. Uh, and then I might have caught a bit of it here and there. Yeah, but I only watched it once. So I was like, let me watch it again. Is it really bad? Or you know what I mean? What, what, what What's missing or lacking from it? So I watched it again earlier today. So <laughs> yeah, I stand by my decision. Oh, it's <laughs> a good, yeah, it's a good choice. It's like you compare that to Terminator 2 or Terminator 1. Heaven and earth difference of the oh film. Oh my lord! Just the tonage yeah. is. I like you. Yeah, I don't wild. think I've watched it since the cinema as well because it made it made me pretty angry. Um, yeah, it made like this MTV PG thirteen. I mean, family friendly version of Terminator, and I yeah. hate the bit when he gets his uh, his his outfit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just the way <laughs> they did it. It's just like. Okay, this worked in the first film. We're going to redo the same thing and just subvert your expectation, mm. but in a bad way because we're going to make it funny. Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. Here's like some um, a stripper on the stage, so he's going to give him a bit of mouth, but then he puts on the stupid glasses. Yeah. And I just like, why have you done? This is a a killing machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just undercut that with ridiculousness. 
why are you trying to appeal to like you know I guess it was like you're saying it was like a PG-13 or something. It was like an MTV version of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a full 18. I remember that because I got, so I was like, what are you doing to this film? So that that was the point. I think even watching it now is like that's when I knew this was a bad film the yeah. first time I watched it because the initial monologue with John Connor is actually pretty decent. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, I was supposed to be the savior of the world. That didn't happen. And now I'm just, you know, moving from place to place, trying to live a life or or stay off the grid. But it's like, okay, that's an interesting take. Yep. You were supposed to be the savior of humanity. That didn't happen because you subverted it. But now how do you live your life? And I think that's an interesting story. Yeah. And you get this, you know, and then you get these great cuts between where he's like living rough. And then you get these glimpses of the future. So they do that bit well. And I'm, yeah, they introduce the the, the TX first. <laughs> Uh, and that's just so poorly done watching it back so now. Bad. So it's bad. So bad. And it's just like sexualizing the character. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I watched it with my wife and she'd never seen it before. We watched it a couple of yeah. days ago. And just the bit where the the TX makes her boobs grow so she can distract the cop. My wife's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so bad. Like that's like really poor writing in that point it's of view. Awful. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's and just... it's like you, you like I, I, I understand the decision. Like, I think it's a great decision to have. Okay, let's like move this this um, Terminator character on. Let's have female. You know, once again, it's an it's a killing machine, but you some in, in a form you wouldn't expect. Mm. Uh, that's great. Go with that. But then it's like you can ch- you can meld and change it to anything you want. Mm. I would find it much scarier as some sort of like soccer mom. Yeah, you know, it's like the person you least expect is the kill. You know, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. But all right, I get it. You're gonna have someone that looks amazing. Fair enough, but you don't need to sexual. That person is already, you know, amazing. Looks amazing. You don't have to do these like childish sort of things. And they say, having watched it back again today, there's like there's a bit where she's tasting blood with her tongue, just like <laughs> oh, it's a DNA match or whatever. It's like yeah, you're a machine. your tongue doesn't work like a tongue. You could use your hands or anything, yeah, to do that. Um, and then like she tastes a bit of blood. It's like oh, it's John Connor's blood, and she actually reacts emotionally to it. Like she goes wide eyed and like, and I was like, what the hell That's is that? That's not doing? Terminator. Emotion right. free. You know what I mean? So it's like, they didn't even nail those sort of things. Um, not at all. So bad. But like the designer was great. It was like, hey, it's a mix between what we've had previously. It's mechanical and liquid metal. So it's like, there's some cool decisions there. And it's like, hey, it's got built in like weaponry. It's like, so there's like, they, it wasn't like every decision made in that film was bad. It's just like, their reasoning for making yeah, it or whatever, just appears what to they change it into. Yeah, written just... by a teenage boy in his bedroom, like you know. Like yeah, that's know what, what a lot doing. of it was. And then <laughs> watching it back so recently, like there's so many scenes which are basically direct copies from the previous two films. Like there's this one scene towards the end where she's throwing Arnie from side to side in this corridor, which is the same thing that we got in Terminator Two in the factory scene where, you know, um, the T T one thousand is being knocked from side to side and he reverses out of his body. Mm. And they did basically shot the same scene. It's like, why are you just basically aping the last film? You know, you're in a bad place where you only like influences the previous film. Yeah. And that, that kind of happens a lot. I think it's like people love the film and when they get to direct something themselves, they, they were so influenced by the previous film. They just homage that. Whereas that film was influenced by something totally different. Mm. Yeah. And find what your influence is, not just what the previous film was. Cause you're only going to, you know, you're never going to do greater than that. So you're always going to be a lesser than or just, yeah. you know, a, a carbon copy of that. So there's a lot of bad decisions made in that film. I have a big problem with John Connor in this film. 
I think yeah. he is like to go from Edward Furlong to Nick Stahl or whatever his name yeah. is, who looks yes. like a background hobbit from the, from the, the yeah. Lord of the Rings. He doesn't yeah. even like, you know, I can't believe that's John Connor. But there is yeah, a reason. Yeah. I did find out the reason why okay. um, yeah. why Edward Furlong didn't come back is because apparently he went out to celebrate getting this this sequel being made and him getting the job. Right celebrated too hard and overdosed and then got dropped because he had a massive drug overdose. So, Uh, yeah, he was celebrating getting this movie and then got dropped from the movie for celebrating a bit too hard. Yeah. It could have been a very different film if he was in it. I think it would look forward to something extra to it. And But yeah, I think even like to a degree the way they I think the, the John Connor they wrote was a bit too wet behind the ears. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't understand it. He's been through all that stuff. Like so much. You would have thought that would have been like the making of you. Yeah. And that would have made you like, not like this military-esque guy or closer to that person. But then he was just like so bad at a lot of the stuff. And the clear, like, I think they're trying to make Claire Danes, like the Linda Hamilton um, character. There's a line that makes me want to throw up. And when he says, you remind me of my mother. Yes. Yeah. It's like, that's gross. Yeah, I, I was like, today... That's I was your like, future oh. wife, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird stuff. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make that strong female character. That's great. By all means, do that. But you don't need to make him lesser than to yeah, for yeah. her to be strong. There's, yeah. you know, you, that's not the way you should weight it. So you just made him really wet. Like he's learned nothing over these whatever years. And she was a vet who could handle <laughs> yeah. him. him. Um, yeah, strange decisions. And yet Arnie was just like, I love Arnie and stuff, but it's just like, Arnie's not doing his best work here compared to like the last film where he's bringing, there's a scene where he just beats the crap out of a car because he's like, <laughs> I just like, why are you trying to make him that why? much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just. It's weird. No. And there's a bit like, I was watching it thinking, have they de-aged Arnie? But obviously de-aging didn't exist back then. No, it was like, no, it no. must just be really bad makeup. Like he looks. I he think looks he looks like, pretty good. He looks good. Like I he remember, he wrong, like got in, he got in proper shape for this. Yes, yeah. that was the thing. Is like I'm getting in proper shape. Like fair enough, Arnie's probably always in half decent shape. Yes, that's true. Yeah. He got him back into like I'm gonna take my clothes off sort of shape for it. That was the big deal. Yeah, of it. He, and he looks great at that opening scene. He's like Arnie, you look great. I have to give it to you. I'm not sure what your age is, but you look amazing. Yeah. And then for the rest of it, fair enough. He's very orange in the film. I will say that. <laughs> he's he is very orange. orange. Yeah. <laughs> he's very orange. And then fair enough. He looks great with the, like you know when his face is half cut up because that the, the makeup at least for those bits I remember look, looking decent. But I think the whole thing was looked like majority of the film was shot during daytime and it just felt wrong. Yeah. This is one of my problems. Yes, it was. It's less scary than light, isn't it? Yeah. There's nothing like yeah. The atmosphere is like every pretty much apart from that opening scene with John Connor where it's set at night. Yeah. So okay. Everything else is like it's daytime for the entire thing. Like mm. just it's it's movie magic. Make it dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well that, that first scene starts off in the night and then yes, it, it cuts and it's daytime. Mm. And the, yeah. the the big lorry thing that she's driving that should not be very fast and not be able to catch up with anything. Um yeah. Is going fast. That's something in the daytime. Can you explain to me how she gets the other police cars to start, but in other places she's had to wire her finger in to start the engines? And the... that's a good point. Yeah, like... yeah. There's just um, they made like, hey, this will be cool to do. Yeah, like, this looks cool, but it's not so cool that we want to do it every single time. So we'll just do things as a one-off. Yes, just to show like it's a robot. <laughs> it can do. <laughs> Because I think that kind of comes into play later on. Hey, I did it to the car. 
I did to one like I think it's like a T10, whatever those tank versions of the Terminators. Mm. And then I'll do to Arnie later on because I'll just show the finger that oh we know what that means. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. So it's just like yeah, it's you can you can reverse engineer the decision why it was made, but it does it doesn't look cool. It doesn't look cool at all because at least like the first Terminator when he did he just smacked the um the steering wheel and here and put the wires together. That would yeah. be a lot easier than spending like a minute doing this thing with your finger. <laughs> yeah. There's one bit I really, really hate, which is the bit where the the doc Sarah Connor's doctor turns up again. Yes, and talks yes. about PTSD. I was like, oh, this is awful. This is so painful. Yeah, it's supposed to be some sort of comic relief, and it's awful. It's so yeah, bad. I forgot he was in it, and then I heard the voice, and I knew it was him. Mm. I was like, why have you like you used to be a psychiatrist? I believe that was your thing. So why are you turning up to a you know a crime scene and stuff and trying to console people? I don't know if his hostage negotiation or something. There, <laughs> it just didn't make sense. But they just to have those lines. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? It's like okay, that's these it's those sort of cheesy things like that. Yeah. that it's like oh, we've brought this one back. We've brought this character back, and you're like, I don't care. Take him yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think the bare bones of this film are quite yeah. good. I think it's got some themes, like you were yes. saying earlier, that are quite good. And I and the end, like the idea that Judgment Day wasn't stopped, but it's just delayed, kinda, and yeah. it's inevitable, so it's always yes. going to happen. I kind of like that. And I like the end. That was good. It's yeah. a downer as for an yeah. end. It's like it finishes on that downer, and it's like you expecting to save the day at that point, but really they sent you to the shelter instead. But that is really cool from that point of view. I think that that's interesting. So there's like, there there is like a good story there. I think the execution was just really poor. Oh, it's, what they... it's, yeah, it's bad. Because then there's like, I know we've, ha- we've had multiple Terminator films since then. Yes. Um, How do you yeah. feel about them? <laughs> there's ones like, they're like, the most recent one, Dark Fate. Mm. I stand, I will stand by that film because I think they do a decent job with that film. Like that's probably the best Terminator film since then. Um, they just they I think they execute on what they what they had set out. That's the thing. It's like I don't think this one executes what they had, whereas that one actually executes on what they what the ide- initial idea was. Um, I think everyone plays their part well. Linda, Linda Hamilton being back for it, I think, is a big, big plus. plus. She was People missed in this film. Yeah, how important she is. She's just as important as Arnie to that franchise. Yep. So they do that really well. I mean, from the other two films, we've got Salvation and then we've got Genesis. The idea yeah. of Salvation is really cool. We're gonna because we always wanted this like trench warfare, trench warfare future film. Yeah, we didn't necessarily need these big. We didn't need, we didn't need John Connor necessarily in it. We just wanted to see a fight that happened in the future. But they they kind of gave us bits of that, but they didn't. Once again, they just I don't know if they just stuck with John Connor. I think as Christian Bale can act, I think we would have had a better film. True, but they are like cool elements in that film it's just there's not enough of it and there's not enough direction i feel that's um, directed by a guy called mook g um right, <laughs> yes yeah 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 and then genesis after that the best thing in genesis i have to say is you know when they were kind of you kind of see the beginning of the first film again yeah yes kind of, kind of pretty much shoot it scene for scene they do, and then yeah. they're like oh something changed so that bit is probably the best bit of the film because it's like it is the first film um, <laughs> and then it's like Arnie shows up to kill Arnie and it's like after that scene's done then it all goes downhill um, yeah. and I can only remember parts of it after that because I'm trying to forget yeah that's probably uh, best that's probably best but yeah Dark Fate I would watch again 
Like if they did, if they did basically Terminator One, Terminator Two, and then you had Dark Fate probably closer to, let's say. I think that's the that was the plan, wasn't it? They they're trying to ignore free. Yeah. Salvation. They've cut out those Genesis, ones. Yeah. yeah. Cut, like Salvation is the future, but they've cut out Genesis, so it kind of like this is their retconning all that, and it's like if we had that film sooner. I think we Terminator would be, you know, more of a buoyant franchise, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Because Sarah Connor's dead in this one, right? She's died of leukemia, right? Yes. That's yes. what they said. Died of leukemia, and I just but like... How did she come back in Dark Fate? I've seen Dark Fate, and I can't remember. That's because Dark Fate is not connected to Rise of the Machines. Dark Fate is connected yeah. to Judgment Day. Terminator. Yes, it's it's right. yeah, they, they cut out all the waffle in between okay. that. Was it's like a Halloween and Halloween too. They ignored all that. Yeah, it's gotcha. kind of done that, and it's 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 benefited from that because I think that's what more films need to do. If there's like you know bad bad sequels, let's just cut them out. We can do that, you know. And a lot of people aren't even aware of those. Yeah, that's done a lot of positives for it. But this talk now, like, like Cameron's talking about writing, actually writing a new Terminator film because he said it's like it's more relevant now because of AI. Yes, because oh, okay. it is. I was like, if you actually write one, Cameron, then we will actually probably get a good film. Yeah. But if If you you write it, we will make it as well. (laughs) If you write it, we will come. (laughs) I think that's what's a little bit bit scary about this one and and Judgment Day, really, is the the uprising of AI we've got now. And we're all going, oh, it wasn't a movie. It's actually true. This is this is going to happen. Yeah, it's it's like I think that's the and if they can actually make it somewhat scary, Mm. because like the the second one is more of an action film. But there's still scares in it. Um, there's still fear and so forth. So I think we, we were lacking that so much with the other films. We were never scared of the Terminators that came from them. And they missed up that that yeah. capitalize on. But Dark Fate to a degree brings that back. Yeah. But that's that's you know, there's certain linchpins of those films that people kind of, you know, overlook. And I think that's what they really do. make a horror film with the Terminator. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know like it's it's a shame that you like in a in a way that you have to give it that name that it's a Terminator film because you could you could do so much more with that like if you do like a Cloverfield thing yeah in a sense set something in the world of Judgment Day is coming but we don't know that it's Terminator and it's anything to do with that and by the end of it we realize hey we've been in you know the precursor to Judgment Day all along and then we hear the name John Connor at the end but it's been following someone else's life oh that's kind of like a Oh, what is it? It's that split, that M. Night Chalaman film. Yes. When you realize it's yeah, yeah. connected Glass to Unbreakable, and you're like, Fuck. You only realize at the end. Yeah. Now, if yeah. you did that, and like the world that we live in, like that would be the biggest like mic drop moment. It's like, we watched this film, we didn't realize it was a Terminator film. That'd be cool. And now, yeah. now we really want this next film, what it's set, it, setting up. I think that would be. That's the, a really good idea. Yeah, just yeah. make an AI film. AI is going crazy. We don't even call it Sky. Oh, that's that's the that's that was the tie-in. Yeah, we don't call it Skynet until the very end, mm. and then we realize, okay, this this crazy horror film that is a, an AI film is actually Skynet. It's the birth of Skynet in a sense. That would be the film to I do. I can see that working so well. Because you I don't need Arnie like for that. it, do you? No, yeah. no. You don't need Arnie, and we've had like cool horror films of that ilk. You know, we just had the like the. Been a few years, but like the Invisible Man that we recently had, mm, that was pretty cool. cool in what it was. Um, so there's that sort of stuff where it doesn't have to be this massive story. It could just affect one, you know, one person, for instance, and the AI is really screwing them over in a sense. But you know, this person's important because of their job yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be the film I want to see. Not necessarily like because I think Arnie's done. No offense to Arnie, but I think he's done, and he should oh, be. Yeah. Like, he's earned the right now to be done. It's diminishing returns for Arnie. Yeah. Um, 
but you can do so many of those like oh that reminds me in terminator in terminator 3 we didn't get it in the film but we got like a cut afterwards they show like the the person that arnie's like the terminator is built upon yes and they've got arnie but they've got him with a southern accent i've seen this it's awful lance corporal yada 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 and it's so bad and cheesy. It's like I'm glad they cut it. Yes, I don't know. I've like I've watched it back since it. I've probably seen that scene more than I have the film. <laughs> and that just goes to show what type of film they were making. Yeah, I think this is all yeah. down to the bad. A lot of this is down to the bad guy because, like we're talking about Robert Patrick, you can only as good as your your bad guy. And bless Kirsten Lock and Locker. Lock, yeah, yeah. Uh, she don't cast the mustard. And like you said, it's all shot in the day, and it's it's not scary in the end of the day, yeah. and it's not violent enough yeah it's not violent enough like at the beginning of the film and i forgot this bit but she goes around killing loads of high school kids pretty oh, much she does yes i forgot about that yeah well. yeah she does. i was like yeah. that wasn't so bad like in comparison it wasn't great but it wasn't so bad you know what i mean it's like actually that's a bit scary you just knocked this kid to the ground and you shot him i was like if you built upon that well but then it's like as soon as it cuts to like daylight i think it goes yeah. it goes bad yeah true oh it goes really bad it was already it was yeah. semi bad but it goes really bad after the that. one sort of bit that i quite like is when they're when arnie's sort of saying and oh they used me to get to you kind of thing and he's like what this is like john connor's like what well, he says yes i killed you and he's like yes. oh that's actually quite interesting, that's interesting. Like, they used a terminator who looked like john connor's father figure to get yes. close to him and kill him and yeah. then the resistance have turned that into the terminator they, they send back to then like save him again but yeah yeah i, I quite actually, like that yeah, that's a solid <laughs> bit in it because that actually was like whoa you know what i mean and well let's unpack that you know yeah. what i mean more so but that was just like it happened and then we disregarded it he didn't like question him afterwards how could you do that there's none of that it's just the whole problem with this film this film is the shortest terminator film as well and i don't know if you right. guys agree that it kind of feels it and it needs a little bit more like those bits to air it out a little bit and i i think yeah like what we're talking about, there's there's some good ideas in here, but they seem to have missed all the good ideas and added bad ideas. Yeah, the, let's just make action. Yeah, let's make another action film, and it's a generic action film from that point of view. But the, like you said, the the, the and even like the, the opening and the end monologue, they're very solid. You know what I mean? So if you took the ideas of what those monologues were trying to do, yeah, it's just fill it, put a good story in, <laughs> yeah. in in between. And even if it was just like, hey, it is that case of I'm coming to terms with the person that. I've had as a father figure is the person that ends up killing me. But in the present time, I've got to, you know, make amends with that. I know it's like, but there's something there at least, you know yeah. what I mean? A more human element that you can play around with. But yeah, we don't get that. I, you know, and I thought that's what they were going to do, but they just go, oh, all right. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, it's like, what do you like, mean we I, were I, married? Yeah. That's not the revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, do, 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 do. she's your wife. That was like this big, yeah. like that Arnie says, I was like, you in the future had time to actually get married and be betrothed with all these with all these machines trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, because they're in that big bunker by themselves. Like, how did the other people get there? Like, there's a nuclear holocaust outside, isn't there? So the holocaust, fair enough. Patches of humans, right? But, but they like, have to stay underground for a while, surely. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. So and like, there's at the end, there's like uh, radio transmissions, like people you know, asking for help. So it's like, okay, we've got to step up now and be these people. That would also uh, be a good film. Seeing the the start of those people trying to get their shit together yes. in that. Like that aftermath of that scene is just like, we're just trying to you know, get to somewhere safe. Yeah. And that, could, you know what I mean? That could be the, like, those could be those pockets of stories yeah. within the, so they don't need to necessarily have Arnie or any of those main 
things but there's pockets of stories within this world because i'm like i haven't read any but i'm sure there's been like comics and novelizations and stuff like that of this world like terminator adjacent characters yeah there's lots still to play in that world it's just a case that you know it's a bad thing that they haven't done justice to it otherwise i would love to have a lot more within this world i've got another little question for you and you've spoken about the rockies and so on is there ever been a franchise that maybe you really enjoyed the first one and then it got a bit rubbish then you came around to it or you didn't like the first one but you maybe liked the latter numbers in that franchise um so like you liked the first rocky but you didn't and the fourth but you didn't like the fifth but then you liked the sixth and the creeds and so on right okay um the thing is anything like lasted that long enough that i'm like I'm going to give it that much of a go. Well, we can, I can... Franchise, we can talk franchise movies, Bond, the Marvel stuff, the DC okay, stuff, okay. The, the Fast and uh, Furious. The Bond Impossible. to a degree, I guess, like Daniel Craig brought that back. Yeah. Definitely. But then it kind of dwindled in between. Oh, we had one, which was like Quantum of Solace, which I think everyone can agree that was, that was oh, a, yeah. a victim of the writer's strike, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It was but not after good. after that, we've had some good Bond films. Probably not as good as, like, I would say, Casino Royale and Skyfall. I think those those two are the best for Daniel Craig. Mm. So, but yeah, the, like I've dipped in and out of like Bond over the years, and at some point, I you know you I'm gonna watch every Bond back to back sort of thing. We go through that sort of thing, and mm. like which I I even enjoy some of the Timmy Del- Dalton ones to be honest. Like they had that like you know he was he's still fun to watch. I think I think my Bond would definitely be like Roger Moore. That's the one I grew up with. Yes, um, yeah that that's just because of timing more than anything else i watched roger more than i watched him first before i watched anyone else so that was always my bond and it's like octopussy and stuff like that and i can't which is it the one with um grace jones have you to kill yeah those were what those were my like those were my bond films in a sense those are the ones i really grew up with and then then the ones golden eye and so i never watched golden eye until years later really like uh, yeah, but then I watched the I watched the subsequent ones as they came out in cinema. So I really enjoy those as well. I think it's pockets of time, and I think generally Bond is like apart from that one Daniel Craig one, they're all good films. I couldn't fault him to say like, oh, that's a really bad film. I never felt like I've wasted two hours of my life watching a Bond film. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because you kind of know what you're getting, or at least yeah. at the age I was yeah. when I watched them. I felt I knew what I was getting from him, so I enjoyed him. Like the 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 the, the latter ones, I watched in the cinema, and I enjoyed them all for what they were. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, I can nitpick and say, oh, I hope I wish this bit was better than this. But on the whole, I was like, I enjoyed that, especially like the opening of Casino Royale. Yeah, when it's his like third kill, is it? And the way they do that, that's like, oh, this is a very grown up Bond. You know what I mean? From what we've had previously, like, okay, we're being mm-hmm. quite serious with this one. So I was like, this is a great setup. Yeah, uh, but it was the right mix of cheesy as well. Yes, yeah, yeah it's good, and I I completely agree. I think you like Quantum of Solace is a low point, and then it does come back. Kind of, you know, it, it, yeah. it does come back stronger. Rich, that's your worst ever Bond. You voted that one. Quantum of Solace is my worst ever Bond. I think it's close with the. I can't remember what the, the Die Another the, Day. Die Another that Day. That was my one. That was that was a particularly low. Which one's Die Another Day? Because the name's like it's the Pierce Brosnan one. It's the one. Right. He drives around in Iceland on a frozen lake. He's got an, in invisible, an invisible car. car. <laughs> oh, is that the one with the guy with the diamonds in his face? Diamond in his face. He windsurfs yeah. on a 
a part yes. of a vehicle in Iceland. Um, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's in like there. a surfing bit that looks so fake. It's ridiculous. It's very PlayStation. It's I can understand that. I can, yeah, I can get that. I mean, but the reveal of, oh, that's the bad guy was like, oh, wow. Okay. That was still a bit like I was expecting. He's the guy from North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, okay. That was just, yeah, wasn't expecting that. But I can understand why you would say, okay. Because apart from that probably reveal, it's not very memorable. As it also has the worst Bond song. It has as well. Madonna in it, yeah. Yeah, so that's oh, good. I, I don't recall the song. Oh so no, that... it's not. Maybe that's not the the the, the worst Bond song. Is the uh, the Jack White? Well, that is also Quantum of Solace. Uh, it's, oh, it's oh, Quantum Solace. Okay. Yeah, that's the worst Bond song. I'm not going to sing Sound, the Madonna song. Sounds like they're putting out the bins. Like, it's like... <laughs> I think I remember her actually doing, but like being like you, you're doing the song, but I don't remember the song. So. Probably hasn't lived on. I don't mind the Jack White one, though, from memory. Yeah, Rich. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. So it makes oh, my okay. skin crawl thinking about it. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, Tina <laughs> was great. Yeah, Goldeneye is, is my favourite Bond. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Adele did a great job because um, it's Adele. Smashed you know him. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else did the most recent ones. But, yeah, I mean, Sam Smith. the iconic for that. Was it? Yeah, Sam Smith did the most recent one. Didn't no, it was yeah. um, Billie Eilish did the oh, most Billie recent Eilish. one. Sam oh, Smith. Adele, yeah, mm-hmm. Quantum of Solace one, yeah, Chris Cornell, Cornell, that's the one. I love that one. Yeah, that, oh, no. that say my name. Yeah. That's good. And then it's then it's Madonna, yeah. and then it's oh. garbage, and then I think it's Cheryl mm. Crow, and then I think it's uh, Tina, Tina Turner. Turner, and then I don't know because we're into <laughs> Dalton's and we're into yeah. no, 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 Roger Moore's. Great knowledge for the. It's only because last year or year before I did what, what you talked about and did them back i watched one every monday night with me and my right. wife we watched all of them because i realized i don't think i really she never watched them all but i pretty sure i did yes but I, I was watching someone's like i have no recollection of this and yeah. i would say there's more bad bond films than good bond films now i think that's fair yeah in quite a distance right yeah i i when i did when i did do my rewatch this is like in adult days this is still like i think this is pre golden eye when i was doing my rewatch oh wow that's some years right, ago. Okay. so it wasn't like i did i'm like oh we're at the end in a sense no no this was still like oh great let's buy dvds of all these and like they were bringing out the dvd oh, sets. oh yeah they were great they were great so i was like i said like, i'll i'll start watching these all again um so yeah i missed all that but I, I think I think a lot of it's just the fondness of, of the time period is like mm. going back to your childhood, especially like, so those sort of things. But yeah, watching them actually being critical of them is like, okay, these aren't great. And some of the stuff that happens with the you know with the female characters. Yeah. And stuff some of them like, are oh, a piece okay. of their time. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of that. Especially yeah. the Sean Connery ones. Sean Connery ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bond's cool. Yeah. Bond, I think... Yeah. I really enjoyed the last one. Rich didn't really like the, the last one, the, the end of the Daniel Craig era. Uh, no time to die. I I really I really liked it. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, and even the one with um, um Bardain sort of thing that that was I love that, that was one. Pretty, yeah, yeah. That's... And when he like oh Skyfall, that, yeah, Skyfall. Yeah. That's great. Where where, yeah. where he does that, you know, it's like actually I'm you, but this is how they treat you, sort of thing. This is like you see that side of yeah. what it is to be a double O and stuff. Is that wow? Okay. My dream Bond film is a prequel to Skyfall, where you you see kind of M and and uh Silver. Javier Bardem's yeah. character yeah Silver, Silver yeah. and see her betrayal of him and what happens to him and stuff yeah you know that'd be oh, I'd love that prequel that'd be amazing what is your dream sequel this is something that was going to happen a couple of times yeah um we still haven't had it and it's never it's not being really but it's basically Batman Beyond and my most recent iteration is Batman Beyond but actually have Keaton 
play play you know Bruce Wayne in this scenario. It's like we, yeah. we were so close to having that prior to Batman Begins. That was yeah. going to be the next Batman film until like Nolan pitched to this version. It's like fair enough, we got a great <laughs> Batman trilogy because of it. But I was like, Batman Beyond the animated series is so good, and I think it's so underrated as as a series. That is where that we should take this Batman character next because we've kind of done everything with Batman proper. In mm. like in the sense, I'm still fighting crime, I'm still fit, and everything else. I want to see what happens to that character after he's no longer able yeah. to, to fight crime. What does he do? And that's where that's where this series took us. And like the great things is we had like there was great moments like having these big fights with these new arch nemesis, but there was lots of like intricate smaller stories, right? Just like this back and forth between uh, uh, like the name of the Guinness. Um, I forget his first name, but it's basically our, our new Batman. And there's the great, like, just having um, Bruce Wayne on the radio to him while he's mm. going at his jobs. And he's just like this back and forth between them. There's like one night that he's not really doing many crimes, you know, solving many crimes. But it's just this back and forth conversation between the two of them. And it's so interesting to see what Bruce is like now and how he's, you know, trying to, you know, hand over the cow to someone else. But still very much like I'm Batman, yeah. even with all this going on. You know, I'll always be Batman to myself. So there's there's amazing stories there, and easily any of them would be, make a great film. So I really want that. And it's like in my head, it's like, does it need to be a live action thing? I've okay. like I've gone I've gone beyond that now. It's like <laughs> yeah, beyond. In a sense, wanting it to be live action, I think you could you could do something just animated, like give it the budget it, it needs, because they have done like an animated movie of it before, um, the Return of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, actually give it another story and give it so everyone can enjoy this character because i just think i mean it's had comic runs and everything else but with keaton now him being the right age mm. it's, it's, it's perfect even if you just did the voice we have to ask have you watched the flash yet i have okay because okay. they were gearing up to do this this was yes. warner brothers plan to have keaton mentor a new yeah if this was the hit yeah this was a they they were going to do the spin-off Batman, which was going to be Batman Beyond. So Keaton, you know, ha, ha, as a protege. Yeah. We do Batman Beyond. It's it's once again, it's like it's happened twice now because it was going to happen before Nolan's and it was going to happen again now. Yeah. And of course, it's, it won't be happening now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were so close again. And yeah. that's why it came back into my mind because it's like, oh, it's, co- it's come and gone again. Oh, what did you think of The Flash? I think the first... Two thirds, they 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 had something good there. Yeah. Then the third act really let it down in what they were doing. I think the setup was decent. Keaton, of course, is Keaton, and he's he great. was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. He was yeah. brilliant. The stakes were right at that point. Comedic elements were right, and then that third act just really let it down. It's like this is what your vision of a multiverse is. It's just really poor. It reminded me. No offense to the CW, but it reminded me of a C, more of a CW sort of thing. Oh, we don't have the budget for this. <laughs> this we, we're just going to shoot this thing purely on because the CGI was shit, wasn't it? Let's yeah. CGI was bad. And yeah, was Rich like... didn't say it was good. I said it was a choice. I think they deliberately made it like that's that. what they said. I don't believe right? it. I don't believe it because I don't think they. Well, if it, if it was a choice, they didn't sell it, or they didn't no. they didn't convey that to the audience that we're seeing this world in this manner like this because of this is the way the flash sees things because they should have kind of set that up in a, in a sense prior to it mm-hmm. uh, i wasn't a big fan of the baby scene at the beginning i'll say that as well <laughs> yeah because once again that just took you out of what we were seeing already 
Um, there was a lot of CGI used throughout that bit, and it's just like some of it wasn't done well with Affleck as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was some really bad stuff, like Ben Affleck looking like, yeah, that's not Ben Affleck in a lot of those shots. You yes. can clearly like, tell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just probably Ben Affleck sitting in a normal seat with a green scene behind him, and they just cut out the, his chin for yeah. a lot of it is what I see. So there were some decisions made. But overall, it was like the story was interesting because I'm a big fan of like the Flashpoint comic and the animated film. Yeah. So I know what the source material of that is like, okay, you're actually carrying some of these, you know, these key stories along and you're doing an okay job of it. Fair enough, like some of it feels rushed and so forth. But then the third act really just drops the ball. Mm. Um, And then Supergirl, it was nice to actually see like a a Kryptonian back on screen. But there's like, they didn't give her a a theme music. And like Superman, you know, one of the big things with soups that help sell it is is having this strong theme music. We've had it with Reeves and then Hans Zimmer's theme of like Man of Steel is really good. Mm. But I don't understand the decision of not giving her a theme. There's no theme whatsoever to her presence being on screen. So I was like, yeah. they undersold her really mm. poorly. And I think she it, the impact that, that she would have had on screen was just lessened because of that. So that was annoying. But yeah, then the, I don't want to be spoilers, but the stuff that they did with like the alternative flash and stuff in that third act, yeah. it just so rushed. And it just like felt like we have to get from point A to point B and this is we're going to do it quickly. And it's just like, it's, yeah, once again, just poorly done. They could have seeded that out across the movie a bit more yeah. rather than it just turning up at that one point. And then the way they they like, the, the one cool thing was, uh, I guess, uh, Nicolas Cage and the spider. Yeah. We finally got that. Um, if everyone's aware of the stories of like Superman lives and everything else, like that yeah. was what that was cool. I was like, okay, they, they, it's a nice cheeky nod to this thing that could have been and rightfully shouldn't have been, but <laughs> we got we finally got the spot the giant spider yeah. scene, Nicolas Cage. But yeah, the way they did Reeves and everything else, it just like it was done poorly, and it, I just think it took away from those films. Um, that, that didn't help, and but then they finished it off with like a sentimental element with like the flashback with his mom so they, they saved which was good yeah and that's mm. so if they took that whole middle that third act section out of it and just you know then it would have been a better film for it were you nervous when they announced that michael keaton would be coming back to play that batman like our batman yeah because i was like i'm like i'd seen keaton in a few things since then um birdman and so on you know he he's great yes but i was like how much of a Keaton actually are we going to get? Because, you know, mm. I'm expecting to see Keaton in a few bits and then just a double. In yes. A sense, you know? Yeah. But nervous, but it's like what they used, they used him well for what they used him for. And I think Keaton bought what he needed to, to that bit. Yeah. Mm. If I think if Keaton wasn't in that film, it would have you know, paled. I don't want to like bag on films and stuff. Like I know everyone like, from a, you know, being from a creative point of view, everyone tries their best. Yeah. Everyone doesn't plan out to make a bad film, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So they're trying to make the best film possible. But yeah, that film very much would would be nothing without Keaton. Yeah. I think that brought a lot to that film. Yeah. Because it's a Batman that everyone loves. Yeah. I don't think anyone says anything bad about the 89 Batman. Would you like the 89 Batman or are you, are you a fan of the Returns as well? Do you love those two? I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan, well... Returns, not yeah. I, I like return returns. I think I see those two as just being the same film. Yeah, to do yeah. Because they 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 meld together. They they're, they're mm. the same. It's not like there's a big disjoint between the two. They're the same they're flavor, just, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Do you want Tim Burton back to do your Batman Beyond, or do you want someone? No, I wouldn't want it to be a Burton film though. 
I mm. think that there's a world that was well, saying that Burton probably could do something great like this, like neo-noir mm. is what they're going for within that series. So he possibly could be great for that. But it's like, I, I don't think I want, because I, I don't see Keaton getting it now. And if oh. we can't have Keaton, do we wait for Bale to be like super old now? Um, oh, okay. old, old enough is probably then is the only other credible Batman I would want. Yeah. If they just started from the Batman Beyond's point and just cast an older actor so that he had no relation to any of the, the history of Batman and we cast a younger yeah. man, would that work for you? Or would you be like, ooh, let's get George Clooney? I think in. one of the things, like the the, the, the <laughs> bits that also worked well because of that series, we had Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. 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 And he was our animated Batman. So we had this lineage. I think that's the other reason why it worked really well. We've gone through all these adventures with this Batman because of the voice acting mm. and the you know character design and everything else tim bruce still ov- overseeing like the design and, and animation of this so that's why partly why it worked we've we've had this lineage it's the same person i guess they could they, yeah they could do it with someone else but i think then that 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 actor that they get is going to be so strong acting chops wise yeah and he's got to have a lineage of films at least mm. that we we believe this person's gone through the walls yeah yeah just not George Clooney. Not Clooney, because I like he turned up at the end of the film and I was yeah. an espresso. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what he looked like, right? Yeah, he looked like, like, no offense to George Clooney, but I've seen him more lately selling coffee more than anything else. And also, he's in the worst Batman movie. He's the worst Batman. Like, yeah, yeah. Batman and, and Robin that, is awful. <laughs> and it comes out that, that they, like Warner Brothers were, were begging Christian Bale to do that, that scene. Oh, okay. Like Kevin Spitz, like it was this week he came out and says they were basically trying to court him for months, trying to get him to do that end scene, but he just kept saying no, 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 no. And they finally got Clooney to do it. So that would probably be a bigger thing. But even prior to that, the original cut of the film, they never showed who that Batman was. It was going to be someone stepping out and it cuts to like um, Ezra Miller's like wide eyed, like, oh, who the hell's this? Uh... And that was going to be the cut. Because that was going to be the big reset for the DCEU. Right. If we had got on it when we when it was supposed to come out originally, mm. so it would have been a very different sort of setup from that point of view. But them knowing, okay, we're not going to go ahead with this. We might as well give them a payoff, which yeah. was then in this case Clooney. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. It's yeah. like it. Like if they had gotten this film five years ago, I think we still would have had a DCEU now because I think it, at least it was trying it. It did a lot of things well compared to some of the previous films, which it didn't. Whereas this, at least, a decent enough, you know, superhero film. Are you excited for the James Gunn DC universe? I'm excited. Yeah, James is like he makes a very compelling superhero films. He makes you care about the characters, which is the biggest mm, thing. Yeah, he writes very character-led pieces, and it's not always like the world's like we have to save the world or the galaxy, but it's very much about, you know, these characters and their relationships to each other. The backdrop just so happens that something big is happening. Yeah. But it's always about these, these people. And I think that's what he's done well all the way through the Marvel films he's made. Hence why, like, you know, his, his, you know, most recent Garden of the Galaxy, that is like a, a great respite from what we've been having previously yeah. of his last, last phase. So I think he's, he's definitely the man, like, I have faith in James in what he's going to do. And he's, he's written the new Superman film, which is like, we we really need that Superman film. We need that hope back again. And, you know, for a lot of people, Superman is the superhero. Mm. It means so much to so many people for different reasons. Like growing up, Superman was 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 it because, you know, 
being a son of an immigrant and having that thing of like, here's a person from a different world that doesn't fit in the world that he lives in. And having these two things that he's playing at very echoed, like my, my sort of like my, my childhood and said, you kind of, you know, you imprint on these things. Same reason I imprint on like um, Peter Parker, because once again, you know, you're trying to grow up and you have these adolescent problems. So, yeah, mm. Superman was that for me, because I also sort of like I know some people identify identify as Clark Kent. I identify as Superman because ah. he's real, he's the real not because of superpowers, but he's the person that's come from there and he's trying to fit into this other world. Yeah. So the people I know that it's like, hey, I see myself as the Clark Kent, but they're not having that same struggle. Mm. That's the human element of them. So yes, having having a good Superman back again would be great. I I really enjoyed Cavill. I'm not saying bad, but I th- just think after Man of Steel, they didn't give him the right films or do him justice. I think he could have right. been a great Superman given the right material, mm. but that's not his doing. So we need, in a sense, the right the right person playing him and the right film those were Dolly's unequal sequels well there's a lot of Terminator in there (laughs) that was a Terminator ride wasn't it but the man it was you can see why he's so good at what he does because oh yeah absolutely loves films really loves Loves his movies grew up with a lot of films uh, had a little like video shop bit in his mum and dad's shop for a while. So jealous of that. And the posters, I loved that little chat bit. By the oh, way, I was very jealous. God, of that. the posters. I wish it still had those. <laughs> they're gonna be, you know, they were worth so much money. They were worth so much money now. Uh, but yeah, Terminator Two for best sequel. Obviously, brilliant is, choice. Yes. Obviously, once a season uh, we get it, and yeah. it is it is one of the best choice. sequels ever. It really is. I think it's up there with Aliens for the most chosen best sequel. I think it is as well. It's definitely up there. I've, we, I think once a season, we definitely get it. Uh, and you know yeah, what? Yeah, we do. One, yeah. I love watching it again. Two, I love talking about it again. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's great. It's a great sequel. It's a brilliant sequel. Um, and it's always fun to talk about Terminator 2. And it totally, he, he's, I loved him watching it when he was young and then kind of pirating some of his mates. Um, it was a good, it was a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and that led on to the worst. Yeah, Terminator Three: Rise, Rise of, of the, the Machines. Machines. And I don't think I've ever seen it before. I think really? it was my first time watching it for this episode. Pretty boring, yeah. isn't it? For a Terminator film, it's pretty dumb. Pretty shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty shit. And then we got to talk a lot about Batman for Dreams. Yeah, a Batman Beyond adaptation for. Dream sequel yeah, slash got... Flash sequel slash you know there's all Batman that Returns of... slash comic book Batman. I think that's what he really yeah. wanted. The Kevin Connery uh, Batman. Mm. Love talking about Batman any point we can, and it is a Batman film I would really like to see. And one day we're going to get it. I believe we're going to get it. Maybe not a few years. Think we'll get Old Man Bale back? No, you never know. I don't think we. You will. don't think? No, it's it's. No, I, I would just prefer if they just cast someone new as an old man Batman. Why can't they just do that? Why do they have to link it back to yeah. uh, that's, that's one the of thing. the current living Batmans? Batmans? Batman? Batman. <laughs> I don't know, Batman sounds weird. <laughs> you can rule people out. They're not going to give it to Keaton now after The Flash, sadly. Affleck probably doesn't want it. Val Kilmer was sadly he can't do it, no. and the only and no one wants to see a George Clooney one. Oh God, no one wants a Clooney Batman <laughs> ever again. No, and and Bale won't do it, and if he does, mm. he'll just be really angry about it. So yeah, uh, quite the ride, but a great episode. Thank you for Dolly for coming on. Uh, 
reason we got him on big fan of his art like, oh, like Richard was saying so you would know his, his art when you see it and once you start researching it it's so fucking good and we had such a lovely time like two hours spent with him uh, go check out another slice Rich we'll talk about that in yeah, a yeah absolutely we talked about his career and how he you know what he do, why he does what he does and how he does it and it's really good um, and he showed us a bit of a sneak peek of uh, a future piece mm. of work that we can't talk about I don't think but no you guys are going to be really dig it and a lot of people are going to own it so that's something Rich I've got nothing else to say go check out Dolly go check out us Rich pass on to you well yeah I mean and, and whilst you're checking out Dolly stuff then uh, go go back and listen to all of the other episodes we've got in series 5 and then when you realise how brilliant they are go back and listen to all the episodes in all the other series as well even if you've listened to them once already go listen to them again you know why not it's great you know revisit your favourites and while you're there, if you haven't already, hit the little subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the little five stars, hit the heart, whatever it is, whatever your button you've got in your pod player of choice. We'll really appreciate that. It helps other people find the podcast. If you fancy tapping out a review on Apple Podcasts for us, we'd love that too. And uh, if you really, really love us, like Dave mentioned, get yourself onto anotherslice.com forward slash unequal sequel where for just 2.99 a month you'll get a sequel to all of these episodes so like this one we talked to Dolly about his career and how he comes up with his ideas for posters you know it's a brilliant it's actually a really brilliant episode in itself um and there's also box set mentality disenfranchised and all the other bits and bobs we put on there too so you pretty much get yourself an extra three podcasts for less than three quid i mean it's bargainous really if you've not got that sort of money hanging about, and it's fair, that's fair enough, then uh, just get yourself on social media. You know, tell your friends, tag us in it. Unequal, we're at Unequal Sequel on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to kind of send us messages. If social media is not your thing, then we also have an email address, unequalsequel at hotmail.com. Tell us what you thought of Dodie's picks, and we will read out your thoughts at the, in the end of month episode. Bang. He smashed it again, ladies and gentlemen. Just when you doubt him a little bit and you think, can he do this again? Because you doubted me. Well, we've re- now, spoiler guys, we've recorded six of these outros in a row. So he's he's now <laughs> keeps saying the same thing. So, you know, bravo, sir. Bra fucking oh. Um, yeah. Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for Dolly for agreeing to come on the episode. I annoyed him for a little bit. I said, do you fancy? And he went, yes, I do. Because he enjoyed the pitch that I sent to him, uh, which is nice. very good. Uh, thank you, Dolly. You're brilliant. And I can't wait to get some artwork on my wall once I've actually uh, fixed up my little study bit. Check out another slice, as Rich said. Lots of good stuff on there. And uh, I, I'm, I'm boring myself, so I'm going to stop talking and just <laughs> just say bye. Uh, so it is a, a, a goodbye. A, a really a goodbye from me. Uh, it's a bye from the other one. Bye! There you go. He does his thing. He stole it from Adam Buxton. Uh, uh, and yes. see you... Uh, homage Dave homage, homage. From Buxton. it is a, a see you on the next one the sequel to this one and uh, you know just treat yourself and everyone else nicely and we'll see you next week bye bye uh, my goodbye is stolen with love I didn't mean it as a bad thing because I, I also <laughs> like Buxton I mean the other day I listened to his episode with Tom Bloody Hanks like I know man it's good huh how do you get Tom Hanks on a podcast you have to be Adam Buxton <laughs> <laughs>